2: They gave it back to Wait, Matt, so, so Matt Nine, yes, yeah, so we, our, we, our web creator. Yeah, our, well, our, yeah, our UF designer. So then, then we bought another one, and they sent it to Peter Lorimer. Matt, why? I can't is get, he's
1: sharing his sound effect I maker. Know. I think he, he likes it's unique. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> he said he said that it makes him a walking sitcom, or a re, what did he say? A
1: real yeah. life. A a walking sitcom. I could a see Matt sitcom. and I with a sitcom. <laughs> I could I could see that guy with a sitcom. We have a I would our watch team it.
0: That's a walking sitcom.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. We we Jim on our team. We call him Kramer. Oh nice.
1: Nice. Well, well here I'll tell you this. Moves. We've wanted to have a reality TV show called the call center. Yeah. So yeah. anybody who's been following our story, you know, we have about like 120. People in what we call our sales floor, but you got, the you got stories. Drama, oh man, the drama that happens. The sales, got arguments. Yeah, uh, sometimes I think of Reminder Media as Match.com. We've had you know relationships. We've I've had
0: 120 people on a floor. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, correct. Yeah, right. It's been
1: quite the wild ride. It but is. you know, that's you know, I don't know how that leads up to stay paid, but. Now you learned a little bit more about us. Yeah, well, speaking
2: of learning about us, this is a segue. Yes. We are about to learn about our guest.
1: Yes. Her name
2: is Lisa Harris. She is a real estate agent with more than 20 years of marketing and sales experience. Five years ago, in 2014, she took that experience and used it to begin her career in real estate, and in her first year was awarded Rookie of the Year, Hmm. went on to build Harris Home Team and has served more than 500 families within the last five years. So, Lisa, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's, um, it's pretty cool to be able to go back and, and listen to someone else actually say that bio and put that out there. Um, I go, wow, that's real.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, I don't have to really say it because most people have heard the stats. 87% of real estate agents fail. Within five Mm -hmm. years, I was just doing a webinar the other day and then we were going over the member profile of the National Association of Realtors. And so there's, I think there's 1.3, between 1.3 and 1.4 million real estate agents that are part of the association. And the average real estate agent makes a little less than $42,000 a year and does 11- That's probably being nice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's being nice and does 11 transactions. And so the fact that you've done over 500- I mean that's just incredible. So I'm interested to pick your brain because I know you have a really unique lead generation Mm -hmm. strategy, but I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to the audience by letting them know your story. Like what led you into real estate? How has the journey been up into today that's led you to being able to help over 500 people?
0: So you mentioned that I have over 20 years of marketing and sales experience. Um, I have been very blessed to, I I like to tell people I've had a wild ride um, I have had really cool experiences and jobs in my lifetime that led me into being able to take all those skill sets that I had in other jobs and apply them to what we do in this crazy world of real estate. And I'm very fortunate. Um, I've worked in everything from CoverGirl Cosmetics to Procter & Gamble as a trainer mm. to NASCAR, NHRA, drag racing, and worked with PR and marketing with those those um, companies, um, and believe it or not, actually walked around the NASCAR track in a Viagra uniform. So if that
2: wants <laughs> <laughs> Not many people can say that. Yeah, that's um, that's not a Not many
0: people can say that. I was actually part of the the Mark Martin team at the time that I was working with NASCAR.
1: That's awesome. And
0: I have been able to take a lot of my, that real world experience and apply it to what the the world of real estate has to offer. Um my my time that I spent in Harley Davidson, I was a marketing director for them for quite a few years mm. and did a lot of event marketing and promotions. I worked in the world of radio and the cool thing about that is everybody has a story and everybody has a past. They've all got still skill sets that can be applied to the world of real estate. Not everybody actually takes those and applies them to what we do in this crazy world of real estate. And, um, you know, I even modeled, and I used to be one of those chicks way back in my day that would stand on the podium that went round and round with a car on it at the Detroit really? Car Show. Really? Oh, wow. And had one of those little headsets that did the whole walk-around video on the cars. And so my past life, I did um, modeling for almost 30 years. Mm. And so it gave me a pretty good platform for being able to understand how to take those communication skills and apply them to what we do in real estate. And that's actually how I got into the, to what we're going to talk about today as far as being able to apply home shows and marketing events to what we do in the world of real estate. So you- um, I got into real estate because of a bad experience myself. And so when that process went down, I was like, there's got to be something Better. I mean, surely, we it's not like this for everybody, Have right? <laughs> experience
2: buying a house? Selling a house? What
0: you... We were actually in the process of looking for a home on Lake Murray here in Columbia, South Carolina. And um, we had a house that we had on the market. My husband is in the restaurant business and his partners, and or was in the restaurant business. He's now actually a part of my team, nice. uh, which we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about how that happened. And the cool thing was that... I kept having people over and over and over again in the process of us looking for a home on Lake Murray and selling our home telling me, you really need to get into real estate. <laughs> My builder told me, you need to get into real estate. My agent told me, you need to get into real estate. My uh, lender said, you need to get in real estate. And every one of them said, you actually have more knowledge than a lot of the agents that are actually in the business. Oh, wow. And I kept asking deeper questions and said, what do you, what do you mean by that? They said, because you ask smart questions, hmm. and I really find that that's probably a big key in our business is asking smart questions to be able to get the right answers, hmm. and um, and I'll tell you more about that as we go a little bit deeper into this as to how I got into the home show side, but the key was I went back and I said, okay, if some of these other people that are out there in the business can do what they're doing, why can't I? Um I had actually taken a, a time frame. I had, had my I had an eighteen month old. We were in the process of building a custom home on Lake Murray. We were selling our home, just had a baby. I have a son that's a little bit older, and my son was um was in grade school and here I was helping my husband build a brand new restaurant on the lake and we were running a restaurant in downtown Columbia the two of us, and I was helping with marketing. I had come out of the world of marketing with Harley-Davidson whenever my daughter was born, and I had all these things going on with our own real estate needs. Keep in mind, we had just purchased a commercial um, location when we were building our restaurant, so I, I got deep into that with my husband during that process as well. So I got my feet wet Pretty much by baptism of fire. <laughs> and I was like, there surely has to be a better way to do this whole real estate thing. And um so I had a good friend of mine that we were having a bus stop conversation. And she said, you know, I've always wanted to get into real estate. And I said, I have too. And she says, why don't we make a pack and we'll go to real estate school together. Once you get all these other things going and get moved into your house and everything. And said, Let's do that. So about three months later, after we had that conversation at the bus stop, she comes back to me and my house hadn't sold. Of course, at the time that I'd started, there, there was this kind of lull in the market where things weren't flying off the shelf like they are right now necessarily. And um, My real estate agent, um, I love her, but she was not overly experienced in some of the areas that I wanted and needed real estate needs. Um, She didn't know a whole lot about Lake Murray, and Lake Murray was a completely different place. And so the crazy thing was, is she was the one who said, you need to get in real estate. And so my friend comes back to me and says, I see that your house hasn't sold. Maybe you guys would think about renting it. Why don't you talk to my broker? And I stopped, and I looked at her, and I said, wait a minute, your broker? And she goes, yeah, you were so busy with trying to open the restaurant and get your house built and everything else I knew you didn't have time to go to real estate school. So I went and I now have my license hung with a broker. Why don't you talk to him about renting your house? (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I went home and I told my husband and he said, if she can do it, you can do it. You need Mm -hmm. to go to real estate school. So I went back and of course we all have this philosophy. Hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Right. Right and that's how a lot of us get into the world of real estate and so i went back and um, my husband said you have no excuse you have every every school set possible i went to real estate school in november uh by december i interviewed eight different brokerages and um and i say i interviewed them because that's awesome three things number one That I wanted to go to work somewhere that it was a place that was a good environment that I could learn quickly and hit the ground running because I'm not good at doing things part time. I usually put my whole heart into it. Um, number two, I wanted to be in a place where I knew that there was going to be an abundance of learning and training and not just, you know, not just your basics, not, hey, there's a phone book, go figure out how to call somebody. Um, and I wanted to be with a company that I knew that I was going to be able to make the most amount of money for what I was putting into it. And it wasn't necessarily about what the splits were for me. I went about it very smartly. I wanted to know if if it was a give and take because it was a business to me right from the very beginning. And I think that's a big mistake that a lot of people make getting into this business is they don't treat it truly like a business. They don't see you get what you put into it out of it as long as you're, it, it's got to be a give and a take. So true. For you and, your broker. and so um, I ended up sitting in the back of a class. Um, I, I narrowed to four different brokerages and I sat in the back of a class with four different brokerages before I actually decided on a, wow. on a um, I did it very meticulously. And in one of those, um, I actually sat in the back of the class where they mentioned rookie of the year. I was like, I'm competitive.
2: If they can do okay, it, I can how do
0: how it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked at him and I said, wait, stop, tell me what Rookie of the Year is. And through this through this class, it was an all-day planning class that was a business planning clinic that said, um, basically, to walk you through, do you realize that it only takes two appointments a week to be able to make $100,000 a year of this business? Wow. Two appointments a week.
1: That's powerful.
0: You know, and it really broke it down. And they said, "Let me explain. Eat the elephant one bite at a time." And he walked us through how to back into those numbers with this business planning clinic. And I will never forget Kent Temple uh, sitting at the front of that class explaining to us, "It's it. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy." Right. And that was the big key to me was I wasn't looking for easy. You know, I I knew that it was going to be work. But when he said two appointments a week is all it takes to do 30, 33 to 35 transactions your first year in the business and you can make $100 a year. And then you mentioned to me Ricky of the Year, and I said, well, first of all, I don't want to make $100,000. And he looks at me and says, well, what do you want to make? I said, I want to make $150,000. <laughs> I love you. And he, said,
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> he said, okay, well, then go do two and a half appointments a week. And I said, well, how about I do four? And he <laughs> goes, I like the way you think. So, me, It was about how fast kind of hit the round, ground hunting, running. And so that was in December of 2013. I signed my paperwork with Keller Williams. I went through the Ignite program in January. And from January until April, I didn't have my first closing, which a lot of people think you get in this business and it's instant. And it's not. Right. And what you do have to remember, though, is at that point, I had five listings and I had two buyers in the pipeline. I had closed my first buyer the first week of April and from the first week of April until December 31st, I did 33 transactions and $4.5 million in volumes Ooh, by myself.
1: That is awesome.
2: Now, where oh. did you, I mean, when you started off, you said two and a half appointments, you said four appointments a week. Where did you begin uh-huh. generating those appointments?
0: So this was the this was the thing um, when we went through that Ignite program. The first thing they said was call everyone you know. Of course, what do they do in the insurance business and what do they do in all these other businesses? They tell you call your sphere of influence. What does your sphere of influence typically do to you though? When you call them, they usually go, Oh no, <laughs> somebody's trying to sell me something. Right? I don't need any more insurance. I don't need more of this. I don't need more of that. But I went about that um, because of my background in marketing and sales and everything that I'd done previously. I had a phenomenal reputation. I had been a part of the PTO board, and everybody knew that if I put my mind to it and I set out to do something, it was was not a matter of it. It was a matter of how fast I was going to do it and Mm. how good it was going to be done because they knew that it was going to be done well, and that was my reputation. Mm. So I took that reputation, and I didn't call people and told them, Hey, I'm new to real estate. And I think that's a big mistake that a lot of people make in this business when they first get started. You're not new. You have a whole set of skills that you are taking from your past to apply to that's the new so world good. of real estate.
2: That's, that's a gold nugget. I'm going gonna, gonna to yeah. jump on loop that, there. That's for, so good. You're
0: not new bucket. to real estate. Yeah. You may be new to the processes, but the, the cool thing about where I was with Keller Williams is at that place, we had about 100 agents in our office. And I could walk into any one of those experienced agents office and say, Hey, I have a question. Do you have 10 minutes to be able to answer a question for me? I could go to a training class that addressed whatever it was that I needed. If I, you know, you can go to, to the realtor association and there's all sorts of training online. And I engulfed myself in learning Hmm. my first year in the business. I, if there was a training door open, I was in it. It was like, you know, I, I joke and say I was the, the training junkie. Because I was the one that if it was a training that I knew that I could work around my schedule, and keep in mind, I still did 33 transactions, but I was at every training possible. I didn't take an opportunity to not learn. If it was a webinar, I was on it. If it was a podcast, if it was a book, I was listening to it. Um, I've I've read The Millionaire Real Estate Agent five times. Um, I'm working on it the sixth.
1: (laughs) That's so good. Um,
0: I don't ever stop learning. Um, I also got a productivity coach right out of the gate. Mm. And a lot of people don't see the investment in a productivity coach whenever they first start because they think it's just money wasted. And to me, that was the best investment that I made myself. Mm. And it was worth every dime.
2: Also, I'll say a Millionaire Real Estate Agent, for anyone listening that's not in real estate, that book is not just for you are realtors right. or yeah, real estate correct. agents. It is a blueprint of how to run a business. And like you said business. in the beginning... That's a problem that a lot business. of people have uh, in real estate or as professional service providers okay. is they don't see what they do as a business and or a they business. don't treat it like a business. And so it's, right. it's a fantastic book for all of these different models on how to right. basically run a business. And then what Lisa's saying is backing into those appointments. So four appointments a week sounds like a lot. Well, not once you start reverse engineering where you're going to get that yeah, from. what it takes. Which I think leads us maybe to the next um, – maybe we'll jump ahead a little bit here – One of the things that Intrigue does about what you're doing on the lead generation side is you're actually going to home shows to find Mm -hmm. leads. So explain to the audience how to connect those (laughs) two things.
0: So let me first say this. Some of you are going to immediately have this knee-jerk reaction to say, well, we don't have home shows in our area, so that's not going to be an option for me. So before you cut the podcast off and don't listen any further, (laughs) let me explain a couple of other opportunities that you can relate this to. Um, there's home shows, I've done wedding shows, I've done community events, I have even gone as far as doing craft shows wow. and actually setting up an event booth at a craft show. Um, I've done fairs, I have done all sorts of different one-on-one type of, of events, community events, PTO events, career events. So don't relate this just to the home show. Um, we are going to talk a little bit more about the home show and get deeper into that because a lot of the things that we do for the home show, you can apply to anything. So I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about that because the home show is just one of the places that I started. I saw a need mm. and the the thing that I saw that was probably the, the, the biggest was that no real estate agent in, in Columbia was really setting themselves apart as an expert in the field and what i mean by that is that when you go to a home show there are all these vendors at a home show from the the builder to a closet professional to the guy that sells blinds to painters to remodel experts um you know there's all these different people but there was no one there really that represented real estate which I found kind of odd. Yeah. Um, now, we do have a one home show that's the Builder Association that there were a couple of agencies that were there, but they rotated agents in and out. There wasn't really just this presence. And they were there strictly to sell homes. <laughs> and they would have this big billboard up in this one end of the section that just had homes for sale. And it had all of their stuff there. And there would be agents there answering questions just about the homes that they had for sale. And I think gotcha. where I got that specific hey, aha, at that moment was that it's not for you to set up shop just to sell them something because that's what everybody else there is to do. You know, the guy selling blinds is there to sell you something. The guy selling paint is there to sell you something. And, of course, most of those people walk in the door looking for something to be sold, right? Well, they're not looking to go find someone to sell their home necessarily necessarily. But I thought, you know, if I could give someone the opportunity to take a look at what their home value was before they did any renovation to it to see if it was really the value that they wanted and was it going to meet their goal. I came from a contribution place. Whether I actually got the listing or not didn't matter to me because if it made it so that it was more valuable to them down the road where they said, okay, it makes sense for me to go in and do a $50,000 kitchen remodel. <laughs> and it makes sense for me to go in and paint the whole entire side, inside of my house. It makes sense for me to replace a roof. And if they were looking for some of these vendors, then were they going to get the true return on their investment? And so I came into this with the place of contribution. Number one, I wanted to make sure that for whatever they were doing to the home, that down the road that they were going to get their money back out of it. And number two, was it really accomplishing the goal that they wanted? Did it give them the home of their dreams? Was that home in the location that they wanted it? Was it just a matter of changing the kitchen? Or did they want to add a garage? Did they want a bigger piece of property? What did they really want? What was their ultimate goal? So when I got into this, I didn't set it up where I had all of these homes up there for sale and said, hey, come look at my homes for sale. I set it up from a perspective to say, hey, what brings you out to the home show? And they would immediately look at me and go, well, we're looking for a painter, or we're looking for somebody to remodel our closet, or somebody to, you know, put in new floors. Great, that's awesome. So let me ask you, if you had everything redone to your house, is it your dream home? Can you imagine how many people actually say, no?
1: (laughs) A lot. I would say 80% maybe <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lot of them and I, and I found it funny because even the ones that say well no I'm I'm gonna die in that home I would joke with them and say you know what I have one favor to ask of you and they would look at me kind of strange and I would go would you please do me a favor take one of my cards and make sure that I can take care of your family. When you pass away and you no longer want that home, <laughs> I so want to be one to sell it for your family so I can make sure that they get top dollar for it. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, that's <laughs> ABC. Always be closing.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, And they got a good kick out of it. And I said, by the way, I'm sure that you know someone else who has a real estate need because you have family and friends. And we would love to be able to serve their needs.
1: That's fantastic.
0: So if any help, let us know. And the funny thing was, is um, I ended up developing a lot of really good relationships out of that. Not just with the vendors that were already there. That, by the way, now pretty much the majority of us that are there and that are staples that that go to those home shows on a regular basis, we exchange information, and I'm constantly sending them leads, and they're constantly sending me leads. That's
1: it another thing. Yeah, yeah, it's so a whole other avenue. It's the partnership yes. avenue is, I yes. mean, yes. fantastic because everybody there is same industry or you know same client base. But non-competitive. Well, some people might be super competitive, but, you know, yeah, non-competitive. How many leads, like, uh, I guess, break down for the audience. So you'll do a home show. What does it normally cost you to get in there? How many people do you tend to talk to? How do you, is it one-on-one as they come walking by? You know, kind of break down the process there.
0: Let me give you a few, um, a few tips and, and, some things that I think will be helpful, whether it's a home show or, or any, any type of community event. The big thing is, is obviously you're there to get their information, but you also have to give them something and come from a place of contribution. So hmm. it's not, hey, just give me your, your name, your email so that I can junk mail you all this crap that everybody <laughs> <laughs> sends out. Sorry. But it's kind of one of those things that, um, they want to know that they're getting something of value. So first and foremost is we have a wine drawing, and we have bottles of wine on the table. They actually have our stickers on them from our team with our logo.
1: That's awesome. And it
0: says, um, we've got different bottles of wine. We actually have one that's really cool that we bought this uh, last time that has the imprint of a hand actually in the bottle, and it says, let us give you a hand selling your home or buying your dream house. Mm, that's and the great. hand imprint is actually on it, and it's a white label, and the, the bottle is called The Hand. So we use the label as that, and we give away these bottles of wine. We say, hey, would you like to register and win a bottle of wine? And if so, um, we just want to be able to email you what the comparables are in your home. Let us know what your, where your home's located, and we'd love to give you an idea of what the market looks like in your home. Even if you don't need it, maybe someone in your neighborhood. And so we come from a place of contribution um, that we want to be able to help you with information, because information is power, and that's what we tell them. And so we give away a bottle of wine every hour on the hour while we are there throughout the home show weekend. And typically home shows are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so it'll be like Friday from 5 until 8. Saturday, they're usually from like 10 until 7. And then Sunday, you're usually there from like 11 to 5. So it's a case of wine, basically, that we give away. We usually only give one bottle of wine away on a Friday night because there's not very many people there on a Friday night. It's a little mm. bit slower. So we wait until we get about noon on Saturday, and then we give one bottle of wine away an hour. The key to that is I say, hey, make sure you put a really good cell phone number on there because we're going to text you. And if you're still here at the show, we want you to come mm. back and pick it up before you leave.
2: Mm. That's great.
0: So I know that I get a good cell phone number for that That's them, so pretty much yep, time. smart. And secondly, um, I tell them, make sure I've got a good email address because I want to make sure that I'm able to give you solid information for good so that if you or someone you know needs to know what the market value is on your neighborhood, we're going to set you up so that you can get that information on a regular basis. And if you have any questions, that's what we're here for. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to ask questions. Information is power. So we want to be able to put the power back in your hand. And Zillow is not going to do that for you, by the way. There's not an 800 number to Zillow for them to answer your calls. There's not an 800 number to most of those places. We actually want to give you accurate information. Um, If you want to go a step further than that and you'd love to find out what the value of your home is and if you're doing any improvements, because obviously you're at a home show. You're probably thinking about doing something, right? So if we can help give you a good direction, on what the things are that are going to be the most value to you for you to get the most value back out of that down the road, we'd love to be able to give you some direction. Mm. Even if you're not selling right now, maybe you're deciding to sell five years from now. And so we always come from a place of value. When we do that, we typically walk away on average talking to anywhere from 100 to 500 people, just depending on the home show for wow. a weekend. Wow. Um, now, think about this. A lot of them are probably never going to sell a house. And as I said, a lot of them say, nope, I'm going to die in this house. (laughs) But they probably know someone who is going to buy or sell. And you would be amazed at um, the next time the next home show comes around. We will go back through that database and we reach back out. We send them a text. We call them, say, hey, did you know that there's another home show coming up? Did you meet all of your home show needs at the last one? Were there any other vendors that you didn't? see that we may be able to provide for you. Obviously, we're in the business, and we have a lot of contacts, and we'd love to be able to meet that need if you have something else. Um, We've provided everything from, I mean, we have a list of vendors, and we regularly use our social media to get more vendors. We put up and say, hey, we have a client that's looking for a nanny in the Lexington area. Anybody have a great nanny that we can refer to them? That's incredible. Really use our networking tools and, and reach out. We did an email clients and said, "Hey, um, our our painter just retired, and has decided to get out of the business. And he's been our go-to guy for the last four years. We want to make sure that we give you a high-quality painter who's had a five-star great experience with a painter recently that we can refer to our clients. Hmm. And we reach back out to them because a lot of them have had somebody that they loved to work with. And we say not just in a painter, but in any industry that we may be able to help." So we work with our clients and we work with that database on a regular basis. We work through social media in order to develop those networking opportunities and be able to refer people to other other things besides. You're,
1: you're almost like a mini home advisor in a way. Exactly. It's like but you're more trusted, are. right? You're more trusted than the home advisor because there's actually a human being, someone you have a mm-hmm. relationship with. I love that. You're getting a hundred to five hundred, let's just say, people add it to your database. Out of the mm-hmm. hundred people, like you're obviously sharing with them, their value-driven is kind of your style of your pitch. So you're giving them, hey, access to more information, whether it's a you know actual comparative market analysis of their home, or just even just information to refer them to your network of people for their home renovations or whatever it is. From right. there, what are you seeing, kind of tracking-wise, from an ROI perspective? Is it every 500 people? you're getting a couple qualified appointments, like how have you kind of broken that down in your business?
0: So on average, and and it depends on the time of the year that we do these, the one that we just did here in November, that show is typically a little bit slower just because you're getting ready to go into the holidays. It's a little bit more difficult to get people to make appointments just before the holidays, obviously. Right. But it is, it, it actually sets us up. There's not as many people that walk through, but they are high quality because of the fact that there's fewer, but they're, Specifically looking for something, and what I, it's no different than I tell people when people put a house on the market in the winter time frame, and people are buying in the winter time frame, you're dealing with a much more serious buyer or seller during that time frame. It totally doesn't mean agree. you're you're not going to sell it. It means that whoever's buying, they have to make a move during. That. So, same thing with those that walk through in a November home show compared to a January or March home show that we do. Um, and we typically do them there um, there's three that that happen January through March time frame. We have one in October and one in November. So, and they're they're by different companies, They're different sizes, so it just depends on what the um, what company it is that's that's hosting it. But on average, uh, this past one that we did that was smaller, we walked away with seven appointments from it. Wow! Um, as a matter of fact, one of them that I went to today, we are both buying and selling for that particular appointment. Wow! Uh, one that I went to two days ago, they're both buying and selling, and oh, by the way, they also have a daughter that is buying and selling.
1: <laughs> that is incredible. So, that is awesome.
0: Uh, we built relationships with these people by having a conversation with them on, and 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 just opening up that door from contribution. And the folks that I met with today um, was phenomenal because of the, the fact that um, they're in an established neighborhood. They have a home that, in reality, needs probably fifty to $70,000 worth of updates to it. And after talking to them, they said, you know what, our master's upstairs, we're in our 60s. We don't want to renovate this house because someone else is going to renovate this house in order to make it meet their taste and their needs. We'd rather just find a ranch stall house and downsize and find something that we don't have to go up the stairs every single day. Mm. So it made more sense for them to list that house. And I said, why do renovations that someone else is going to come in and probably redo and spend that money? Let's find you the house that you want. Let's get you moved into it. And then let's sell this one as is. And let someone else do the renovations that they want to do to it.
1: Yeah. So all and in. so
0: that's the plan we
1: All in, you're thinking, okay, you got a case of wine. What's a case of wine cost? A couple hundred bucks? Typically,
0: yeah, typically, maybe, you know, depending on the the kind of wine. Yeah, you you can tell I'm a
1: wine wine (laughs) owner.
0: I'm a bit of a wine snob, so I would say, top end, you're probably looking at 300 bucks.
1: Okay, 300 Um, bucks for wine. How much does a home show generally cost you? Is it 1,500 bucks?
0: yeah, about about that. Depending okay. on the size, they're anywhere from a thousand to two thousand dollars for a ten by ten
1: boot. So you're okay. twenty three hundred dollars in. That's not including your time, of course, right? So you have your mm-hmm. time that I call that sweat equity though. So I always right? like I always like sweat because you know, <laughs> it doesn't cost any real yeah, money. it doesn't cost any real money. But your time's the most valuable, so you gotta keep that in effect. Can
0: we put some but, candy out on the table? Yeah, it's
1: so some miscellaneous cost in there, got but you the got things. seven appointments, two of those were both sides of the transaction, or you could get both buying and selling out of those, plus a referral, and you're building your database, because every one of the... I mean, it, that is insane. That is an incredible lead generation strategy. Something what I love on. I love about it, there's so many different angles that I'm seeing. One is the natural, which is, look, you have consumers that need information. Build the, a list. The, yes, right? building the list. Then you have, obviously, as you nurture them, you're getting their referrals, because they all know homeowners, Third, though, which I think is, yes, we're not even really tapping into, is like this idea of the partnerships. Well, the fact you're seeing these people at every single home
2: show. And we're at the point now where we've been going to conferences for just about the last year. But we're starting to see the same people at trade Mm -hmm. shows again and again. Mm -hmm. So I imagine at the home shows, these these are local to your area. You're building such good relationships there. Have you seen... I mean, you talked a little bit about it, but how much of your business is the referrals from these partners that so, you're working with?
0: So the crazy thing about that is, um, let's see, I know I have the I have Craig with the blinds, I have a uh, paint contractor, I have a builder, and I have um, so they're in a closet company. I forgot about them. So there's seven or eight of those right, just right there that I'm thinking of off the top of the head. That by the way, I've done transactions for all of them. Whew. I've been their realtor.
1: That's so great. Oh, you've been their realtor.
0: <laughs> I've been their realtor. They oh, I was never oh, thinking yeah. that. Yeah, they,
1: yeah. that's, that's awesome. And then they so all have a database of clients.
0: That and then um, I have I have three of those that I would call my direct sphere of influence. Okay. That send me referrals on a regular basis. Um, they actually are a part of my my buyer's packets and my closing packets and my seller's packets their information is in it and i make sure that that my clients know by the way i don't make money from these they're not paying me to do this they're people that i trust that's fantastic to have their information so that if you ever need it or if you ever want to refer one of your friends you feel comfortable in doing so
2: are you a new real estate agent looking to make it big you already know you're going to need to work hard to keep motivated but you also need that clear plan of action that's why you should check out our ebook, The Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. It'll break down what you need to do on that crucial first year, month by month. Plus, you'll get free marketing tips along the way to leverage the spirit of influence you already have. To get started, go to remindermediacom backslash rookie guide. That's remindermediacom backslash rookie guide for a free Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. Don't wait. Take action on this today. Lisa, I understand the home show. I kind of understand the wedding show because you've got people getting married looking for their first home per- Great. purchase. How do you flip a – how do you turn a craft show <laughs> into leads for real estate? I figured you would ask I that question. That. So,
0: so the fun thing about it is um, I have a little matchbox house that my daughter – who she's now nine, but I've been using this little um, our popsicle stick house okay. that she has she built in a class. So I take that and I put it on on the table, and um, I say, you know, are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate? Um, don't let this be your first home.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: <laughs> of course, she built this when she was like six, right? So it looks, you know, a little rough. Um, but I let them know that I'm an expert in the field that can help them. So that in the crazy thing is, is you would think a craft show, really? I have had some amazing conversations with people at a craft show to be able to open up doors that you would not think, because they they didn't come there for that. So they didn't come there just to be sold. You know, A little different than the idea of going to a home show, but it opens up conversations. And I say, I just wanted to let you know that I'm here to be your local expert. Yeah. If you have questions, if you have a need, do not think of us as just a real estate agent. If you, you know, think of me as your network expert. That's fantastic. If you think of someone that you need, um, you know it doesn't matter what it is i prefer people to doctors hairdressers nail techs yeah. whatever that is think of me as your, it's your just, networker it's being right.
2: present in your community so like you said whether it's a community event or the craft show you're there in the community and we say mm-hmm. it all the time you have to put yourself out there you have to become it's a celebrity it's you have business. to be
1: everywhere in order to be top of mind it, it truly it's the omnipresence it's you, you want to be omnipresent. So people see you all the time. But what I love is and I think this is the future of real estate. If you want. So you think the iBuyers are coming onto the market, which is going to squeeze the market. It's not going to uh, replace real estate agents. Right. It's going to squeeze right. it, though. So the bottom real estate agents that barely do any transactions sell for maybe their family members or a couple friends here and there, they'll eventually get squeezed out. And the people that are going to survive, in my opinion, are going to be the Lisa Harris's. Because your business is not right. just real estate. Your business is that you are the local community expert. Mm-hmm. You are the local right, community right. advisor. And you're the facilitator, the, the director, the, the person who guides people to where they need to go. Yeah, your value is so diversified. Correct. Right. And, the, and what I love about it is because, you know, we just interviewed a guy, Don Graves, who talks about the home is the biggest asset that the majority of people have, like when it comes to their actual income, their actual investment. So it's like the most important thing for people when it comes to their wealth. And a lot of times it dictates also, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously the, where you're living dictates everything you do in your life. And so you kind of control the home, which then branches out to all these other different avenues that you have. So I think it's unbelievable. I'm very surprised because we've seen in the financial space, financial advisors grow their book of business through seminars, and, right. but we, I haven't met a lot of real estate agents who are growing their book of business. Not that a home show is exactly like a seminar, but it's well, the don't same you, time. That's, that's you guys actually
0: something it. else that we do with it. Um, okay. There are a few of those that allow us to go in and actually do a presentation seminar. Because, obviously, when you go to these home shows, you'll have guys that have their different expertise. And um, so they'll do these 30-minute seminars that are set up in certain areas of the home shows. And we actually go in and do a seminar. And we've done different seminars based upon what the need was at the time and what was going on in in the market. Um, We've done everything from uh, first-time home buyers. And we typically will partner with a uh, with a local lender that can ask, answer lending questions, and we'll have them there with us. That's great. Um, and we talk a little bit about um, if you're looking to build a home, what are your options? If you're looking to renovate a home, what are your options? And what does that look like? And we introduced the partnership that we have with our, our local lenders who can either do uh, you know, a loan specific for the process of a, a construction to perm, or are you looking at being able to buy land and do that? By the way, we have an expert in that area. We can help you there. Um, and we open up seminars to explain those those things as well. When we do the home show, or the, excuse me, the wedding shows, the thing that we actually promote at the wedding show, because wedding shows are typically shorter and smaller. They're usually not for more than five hours a day. Um, so we actually will do a first-time home buyer seminar the two weeks to three weeks after the wedding show. And we set that up in a safe place location that we bring in, and we'll have um, coffee, donuts, breakfast, and we bring them in for this for this two-hour seminar on first-time home buying. And we tell them, we just want to invite you, if you've never um, gone through the home buying process, it's free, and we want you to be able to talk to a lender and talk to experts about what that process looks like and explain every step of the way. By the way, did you know that over 70 people touch a transaction? Whew.
1: Wow. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. That's a really good stat to know. And we explain that to them. That's and say, amazing. You know,
0: it's 70 opportunities for something to go wrong.
1: Mm.
0: My job is actually not just to find you a house, but my job is to make sure that if something goes sideways with one of those 70 people, that I have the ability to fix it and fix it quickly. And nine times out of ten, you don't even know, because I've already fixed it before you ever found out about it. And number two, if it if it gets to the point that you've actually found out about it, I usually have options for you, and I can (laughs) tell you, would you like to do this or would you like to do this? Do you use that line on Fizbos
2: also? Uh,
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say that that was worth the whole podcast right there for people like that. That pitch, seventy things things can go wrong, and it's my job to. Man, that is so good. I can tell you're a lot of people think real
0: estate agents are here to help you find a house. Well, really, that's only a small part of what we do, Yep. and a lot of people don't understand that that we have this misconception out there that real estate agent, and and part of that is our own fault, because we tell people, oh, yeah, I'm going to find you the great house. I'm going to find you the perfect house. I'm going to find you your dream home, and we say that over and over and over again. It's not my job to find your house. You can find your house on any website out there. You can drive by and see a four-sell-by-owner, and you can find the house, but can you get it to closing?
2: That it's it's is amazing, fantastic. You can hear the passion that you have for oh my goodness, the appreciation yeah. you have for the the industry, for the, the business.
1: I I love that. I, I mean, that right there is the sales pitch for for real estate agents. And you know, I want to tie back to something you had mentioned in your journey earlier on, which is you were just an avid learner, and I'm sure you probably still are, but every training Mm -hmm. class you were in, and as you know, my brother's with Keller Williams, right? And he has gone through this journey of basically, he goes, man, you have to recognize your value. Because if you Mm -hmm. don't recognize your value, you can't help people in the industry cuz you let them you're walk so right. all over you and your value comes from your confidence which your confidence <clears> is <throat> going to come from your training how much of like Tom Brady's confidence Oh, so, so right. He's confident in that 2 minute drill because he's trained I meaning he has studied he has practiced and it's just so interesting to like your confidence is amazing and your pitches are amazing because you've trained and now you you're not ashamed to share that with that buyer and guess what where most people they feel in the sales process. They feel scared to talk that way or to put that a level of authority onto that potential prospect, because oh man, I might mess them up, I might offend them, or anything like that. Like you're better off losing the deal if they walk away I, from and that. You know what? I That's a crazy to tell you,
0: I've actually walked away, and I've actually fired buyers, and I've actually fired listings. Good, because if if you are not willing to understand the expertise that I have to offer. And that my team members have to offer. And I, I instill this in my team members just as much so. There is no reason why anyone should use and abuse you in this business. It is not worth someone running you over or, or being, you know, I, I've actually had a client that, that at one point, you know, cussed me up one side and down the other on the phone. And I hung up on them. <laughs> and I sent him a text and I said, When you're willing to talk to me as a professional, because I'm sure that you wouldn't talk to your attorney or your doctor this way, you are more than willing to call me back. Wow, Otherwise, awesome. have a conversation with my broker.
1: That's awesome. And
0: by the way, whenever I text him, I also text his wife, who was much more calm than she was. And I said, I do not take kindly to people cussing and screaming at me. It is not professional. When you decide to act professional, let me know. And his wife immediately picked up the phone and said, I am so sorry. I apologize. You put him in his place and I will make sure to take care of this whenever I get home. And oh, by the way, <laughs> you never said like to me that way again.
1: That's and we are just
0: putting them to closing. But you, you have to know how to, to treat people, but you also have to teach people how to treat you. Yes. And that's something that I've learned in this business as well is that it is truly about um, coming from contribution and being in a place where you truly from the heart want to help someone and you're not in this just for a paycheck. There are, are transactions that I have closed that I made practically nothing on. By the time you looked at the, the hours, I might as well have worked at McDonald's and said, would you like fries with that for the dollar amount that I would have made for that transaction? Mm. But it was not about that. It mm. was not about the final paycheck. It was about the fact that That I made a difference in somebody else's life, and that comes back to you a thousandfold in this business.
1: Oh, it's and it just so
0: happens that some of those clients that you made the least amount of money from have ended up being the biggest raving fans that I have, and I have gotten more referrals from those clients than I have some of the ones that I did a million dollar deal with that you put up with all of their crap, Mm. and they they've never referred me anyone because they thought they were better. But the ones that actually care, that you show them that you care, those are the ones that matter.
1: That sums up being a top producer in the real estate industry. Really any service-based sales industry, that sums up being a top producer. It's, it's, it's true freedom when you're willing to walk away from a deal, when it's all about truly the value, because then when you're selling, you're not selling for your commission, you're selling because you know you deliver value, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get the deal done because it's just so freeing Versus you're trying to funnel someone down to a close. You're trying to do a a process on someone, even though processes are good. And by the way, they know that. Correct. Oh, they they can sense it. They know that. They they, see it. Yes, 100%. There's nothing wrong with processes. You should have processes in your business. You should have structures. Right, but it's not the reason for your business. Correct, but it's not the reason. And it's free, and it's like uh, my brother and I were dealing with uh, a property issue with uh, someone we sold a property to, and and it's a crazy uh, buyer but it is what it is, and it was $700, and I told my brother on the phone, I said, I said I'm not worried about $700, meaning like if I sit here and try to focus on $700, I'm trying to focus on you know, helping people and make mm-hmm. my next $100,000, not $700, and I'm not gonna right. nitpick over this person. I want this person to be happy. I wanna make sure at night I can go to bed at night with my head on the pillow going, I know I've done the right thing. And it's like when you get there in your business and you don't try to fight, even though I know I'm right with the $700, it's not about being right. It's
0: it's not worth being right.
1: Correct. It's not about being right. It's the freedom to walk away. That's what it is. And it's just so amazing because when you get to that level in sales and in business, it's freeing. And and all of a sudden you're focused on making $300,000, not not saving $700. It's funny that
0: you even say that because I... um you know we have we have I have several buyers agents on my team and and um, we are making leaps and bounds of progress and, and growing as a team um, I have an administrator right now that has been with me for four years and she's actually moving from an admin role into a buyer's agent role and um, it's really fun to see her she specifically came on board with our team because she had three kids in college and she said I just got to get my kids through college and get them graduated and then I'm okay with moving in fabulous. Let's let's make that our plan. So here she is this year moving into that role. And one of the questions that um, I had asked her along the, the journey is she said, you know, I am very empowered by the fact that you allow me to teach people how to treat us because I was very clear with her, even as an admin, you have a role in this process to make sure that we provide high level customer service, but that doesn't mean that you need to be abused.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't
0: ever take something from someone that that is not right don't let them you know cuss at you don't and i'll be the first one to stand up for you Uh, and that was a lesson that that i learned very early on in this business that if you're willing to be that person that that it's not going to be a good transaction no matter what we do then it doesn't matter what i do i could give you the world i could give you You know, I could give you the house for free and not take a commission. You're still not going to be happy. And I made that very clear to her from the beginning. And she said, you know, the fun thing is, is now I get to do that on the buyer side. But I get to have a lot more fun
2: with it. So (laughs)
0: she's moving into that role now. And she's really excited because she said, I can't wait to be in that position on the day that I can say, "Mm, this is not a good fit for me. But I'll be happy to refer you to an agent that I think would be a good fit for you.
1: That's awesome. And I have done that. That's awesome. And you'll see in the prospect's mind or the client's mind, they'll be like, oh, no, no, no. I, I want to work with you. I'm going to, no, sorry.
0: I've actually had someone follow me to the car. I had a listing that they followed me all the way out to the car and they begged me to come back in. And I said, I am so sorry. I apologize. I will be happy to give you a list of other agents that I will be happy to to make sure that these are good fits for you, but I am not a good fit for you because I'm going to tell you exactly like it is, and I am honest to a fault, and I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. And unfortunately, I feel like that's what you're looking for. And so let me find you that agent because that, I have five agents right now that I can refer you to that will tell you what you want to hear, but I'm not that agent.
1: <laughs> That's like the takeaway close right there, ladies and gentlemen, the takeaway close, that is awesome. Lisa, you have been fantastic. So I have one final question for you because uh, okay. I always am interested to hear people's answer to this is knowing what you know now, right? And then the <laughs> journey you've been on in life, what would you go back and tell younger Lisa? What advice would you give her?
0: You know, I, this is the fun thing about that is I don't know that there that, I you know, a lot of people just to tweak that question would say, what would you change? Would you do anything different? I don't know that I would do anything different in my life um, because, first of all, I've had a really fun, adventurous life to this point. Um, I'm, I'm very privileged and very, very blessed that I've learned something from everything that I've done. And I am a, a huge proponent. You know, I kind of live by the Gary, Gary Keller onward forward fast and that's kind of been my life philosophy so if I could go back and and tell my younger self you know hey this is the one thing that I would tell you to do do it faster do it faster <laughs> I love um, that. and and it's fun because I, I look back and and I don't think I would change anything I just think that there are some things that I would have done a little bit faster I would have not held on to a bad relationship or a bad circumstance as long as I did trying to milk it to make it work. Mm. Because I would have walked away from something and said, nope, next. Mm. And on to, the, on to the bigger and better and done that part faster.
2: That's and
0: awesome. I think that's probably the only thing it's that I can advice. say is yeah. just, um, you know, don't hold on to something in desperation. And I all, all too often, I think that we do that as just human beings is that we yeah. think, oh, I can't let go of this. And... Very often, usually there's something a lot better on the side. So don't be afraid to let go of it and move on.
1: I oh, am into that. It and always th- seems bigger than it really turns out to be.
2: It's never too late to move faster. Yeah, start You today. don't to yeah. tell your younger self that. I tell your today self oh, that. I know. Everybody out there listening. I know. Well, yeah. And, I
0: and I'll tell months. you, over the last five years, even the last five years in this business, it's something that I look back on and, and there are things that I, you know I probably should have let Uh, a person on our team go a little bit faster because I was desperate to make sure that I could get them up and running. And I wanted so badly to see them succeed knowing that they didn't want it as bad as I did. And then the next person that came in who joined our team was a rock star that took off. Yeah. Why did I hold on to that other people, that other person so long? Mm. It was because I wanted it more desperately than they did. Mm. And you you can't, you have to be able to move on quickly. So that's that's probably the biggest advice that I can give anybody is, don't, don't hold on. Yeah, you know, keep, keep moving forward and, and do it quickly because the faster you can learn from your mistakes, the, the faster that you're going to move forward.
1: Woo. I love that.
2: Lisa, that was dropping some gold yeah, seriously. this podcast. Man, this, is this is going down to the Hall of Fame. I that, can feel that, it. Yeah,
1: that was awesome. Thank so many you. good takeaways. That was great.
2: Thank you so much for being here, Lisa. Before we close out, um, how can people connect with you?
0: Absolutely. Well, I would love to be able to service anybody that you have in the South Carolina area. So if you think of South Carolina, by the way, did you know that we are number two for the last seven years in a row for the most amount of moves to any state in the United States? Wow.
2: I did did not not know that. that. South Carolina. What's number one? Little
0: South Carolina. Just out of curiosity, what's
2: number one? Is it Texas Who's your competition? Or maybe I'm wrong there.
0: No, actually it's not Texas. One more guess.
2: Oh, is it always? It's Florida. Florida. No. Pennsylvania.
0: You would never New guess Jersey. it's Oregon.
2: No way, Oregon. Oregon, wow. Wow, is that 2019? Is that recent or is that um, last that's year? That's actually
0: last year. 2018? Yeah, wow. last year. I would have never guess Oregon. Not out yet. No offense but, um, to the,
1: Oregon- what do you call them, Oregonians? Oregonians. Oregonians. Portlandians. Yeah, yeah um, Portlandians. I think
0: a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are uh, hustling and bustling and we have a lot of it that has come. Uh, most people don't know. We have Boeing that is made here. We have BMW yeah. that is made We have a lot of auto manufacturing. We have um, great government. Um, So there's so much that is happening within our state as far as the the financial growth. Mm. Um, Samsung has come in, and and they've actually now have 6,000 people that are going to be coming in to Little Bitty Newberry, which is not even 45 minutes away from Columbia, South Carolina, um, for a Samsung factory. So we have a lot of growth happening here, not to mention the fact that we have some beautiful lakes. We happen to live on Lake Murray. And, um, there is a lot going on in our community. Um, we host one of the largest bass fishing tournaments on Lake Murray. So it's, it's a 60,000 acre lake. It's cool. beautiful. And, um, it's, a, it's a place that a lot of people come to retire. And the cool thing about it is we call them halfwayers. So if you've ever heard nice. anyone say we're halfwayers, that is what it is. Typically they come from, from the north and they don't want to go all the way to Florida. So they come halfway because we typically have four seasons. Now what I tell everybody about our four seasons here in South Carolina is this, our winter, spring, and and our uh, fall are equal to our summer. (laughs) So, So we have fall like maybe, I don't know, seven days and our spring is about maybe 10 days. And the okay. rest of it is a little bit of winter, and then we have very long summers because our summer here is pretty much from March until like October.
2: Wow, so, <laughs> beautiful!
0: Um, we have beautiful weather. So if we can help, we would be absolutely—you uh, know—it it, would—it would really um, be our pleasure to help anybody that you're sending to the South Carolina market. Now I you can look that. me up on Facebook, and um, we are the Harris Homes team.
2: Harris Homes and, team.
0: Yep. And uh, as far as Facebook. Um, if you if you look up the Harris Homes Team SC for South Carolina, um, we will come up for Facebook. And you can connect my cell number, by the way. And um, I still put my cell phone number out there. You are welcome to give me a call or text me anytime at 803-673-8800. And you can send me an email at Lisa at HarrisHomesForSale.com. And we would oh be happy my. to help you guys. Well, That's thank you,
2: awesome. Lisa. And watch out, Oregon. Yes. Lisa, Lisa is South coming. Carolina is coming for you <laughs> in that number one spot next year. Thank you all so much for listening. if you guys just want a
0: vacation and come to Lake Murray, come see me. I don't
2: do a fishing. Seriously, bass fishing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. To dive deeper into this episode, to get that contact info that Lisa gave out, and to get any of the other resources and links we've talked about, go to staypaidpodcast.com. For the show notes while there, you can find the videos for all of our episodes. If you're interested in supporting the show, there's two ways that we ask you to do that. First way is to head on over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, leave a comment. Mm -hmm. Second way, tell a friend. Share it on your social media. Just share the podcast. Helps us spread the word. Yep, yeah, we're it's, climbing the ranks. We're climbing the we're ranks. Climbing the ranks again. We were um, the highest we got. Yeah. Should I say the, the high, Should I say the ranks? Yeah. The highest we got true. was forty nine on the iTunes chart. Yep. Right then we dropped for a little bit. We had a bit of a slump we went, there.
1: Yeah. Went pretty far. What are we now? Seventy two now? We came back up to seventy two. Yep. So make us number one, people. <laughs> Watch out, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> or at least make us forty-eight. Like and we Oregon. want to break the record. We're coming for we both of you,
2: <laughs> Gary V and Oregon.
1: Lisa I want to be like the Joe paid. Rogan podcast, man. Oh, that's know, who we got to beat. Yeah, we got to beat Rogan. Joe
2: Rogan. If we beat him, dude, that
1: would be nuts.
2: <laughs> but seriously, letting people know, getting downloads, leaving comments, and five star—it helps. It helps. Um, Raises raise up the chart. Raise we awareness.
1: Really uh, more people will
2: see it. Plus, you'll be cool because you found us before we were number one. And you'll have a special place in my heart. Everyone likes to be like, oh, yeah, I was listening to the Chili Peppers before Blood Sugar Magic. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's shaking her head like, oh, gosh. Is that the, the name chi- of the album? The Red Hot Chili Peppers. If you'd like to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or check us out on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. And, of course, you can check out Reminder Media on social media. We are at Reminder Media. That's a lot of medias.
1: Yes. On every social media platform. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Steich. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. And I love it when we interview someone that is just so passionate about what they do. Like, even when we asked you to plug yourself, I mean, you were sharing about the real estate market. You could just tell. <laughs> I know why they told Lake you Murray. you should be a real estate agent. Just incredible. Uh, My action item for you guys on this podcast, because I want everybody to put into action something that they've learned. There's so many golden nuggets from here, from the training that you should be in to making sure you set boundaries. But I think the most important thing that you can do is sit down tonight at your computer and Google the home shows, wedding shows. She even said the PTO events. I think career events was in there, craft shows. Google those that happen in your community and pick one of those to go to and implement this strategy. Because you hear about, you know, she's talking about how she's turning them into appointments. Just in growing your database and meeting the other vendors, it is money well spent. And you just nurture that database over and over and over. Remember, real estate is a relationship game. It's not an instant gratification. It's not a direct response game. It's a relationship game. So pick one of those shows to go to. Start getting your face in the community and see the effects of that. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single business is top producers take action. So take action on that today.
0: And let me put this out there for you if you guys have questions and you're wondering, hey, will this work? How do I do this? and you want somebody to brainstorm with on an event, call me, reach out to me, email me. I will be happy to brainstorm with you. This is what I did for almost 30 years. That's I awesome. would be happy to give you some good direction and good pointers on how you can make that successful for yourself.
1: Lisa, thank you Thanks so much for offering that. That is an awesome, awesome gift. So all of, all of the listeners take advantage of that because that is an awesome, awesome opportunity. Thank you so much, Lisa. Really appreciate it. It's awesome. You're welcome.
0: Thank you.